Let's say our confession tonight. Amen. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Give that person next to you one more good word and then you may be seated. Amen. Good word. Good word. Thank God for our pastors. Amen. I am loving working with Pastor Pam on the new building. I tell you what, she does not mess around. She is so determined and disciplined, and I'm just, it's, it's wonderful. Amen? And uh, we're just having fun doing it, and it's, it's going to be a great testimony that we'll get to talk about and, and see what God did. Amen? The title of tonight's word is Focus on Jesus. Everybody say focus, focus. on Jesus. What a wonderful week for us, amen, those of us who have faith in Jesus. This is our week, and I'm so looking forward to Sunday morning, Easter morning. Um, the, our new building is going to be packed with people. It's going to be exciting, and uh, crank up the worship. It was so loud Sunday, and I just loved it. How loud was it, right? It was great. Pastor Pam said, I'm sorry it's so loud. I was like, turn it up, right? <clears throat> it was great, so good, and I know it, and, and anointed. That's the best part, amen? Everything we could possibly want or possibly need is found in Jesus. Amen? Not religion, but relationship, this connection with our Heavenly Father. And, you know, as we're praying for some people that we care about, it's, it, you know, every person, every single person on the planet, each one of us has to make that connection. Amen? That humble heart full of faith that reaches out to our loving creator through faith in Jesus. Each person has to do it like that individual personal connection. Amen. If you need peace tonight, there is peace found in Jesus. If you need joy tonight, there is overflowing joy, supernatural joy found in Jesus. If you need healing tonight, healing is ours through faith in Jesus. If you need forgiveness tonight, there is forgiveness in Jesus. If you need strength tonight, there's supernatural strength found through faith in Jesus Christ. If you need rest tonight, there's rest in Jesus. If you need financial breakthrough, there is abundance in Jesus. If you need wisdom tonight, hidden in Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you need to overcome temptation, there's a way out through faith in Jesus. If you need a home tonight, our home is found in Jesus. He is our firm foundation. If you need faith tonight, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Everything we can possibly want or need, it's found in him. Everything. Without him, we are nothing. In him, through faith in him, we have everything, all sufficiency, lacking nothing. If you need a miracle tonight, a miracle in your life, a miracle in a relationship, um, someone you know is needing a miracle, there is miracle breakthrough power available in Jesus. Amen? 
Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same miracle breakthrough power that he walked with when he was on the earth. That same power, that miracle breakthrough power is available to you and I through faith in him. Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, these wonderful accounts in the Bible of two situations where people were in desperate need of miracle breakthroughs. And Matthew chapter 9, verse 18 says, While Jesus was saying these things to them, a, this is in the Amplified Version, a ruler, a synagogue official, entered the house. He kneeled down and he worshipped Jesus. He said, My daughter has just now died, but please just come lay your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got, got up and began to accompany the ruler with his disciples. Then a woman who had suffered a hemorrhage for 12 years, and we know another, another account said she had spent all of her savings, all of her funds on doctors, but they couldn't find a cure. She had suffered for 12 years. She came up behind Jesus and touched the tassel or the fringe of his outer robe. For she had been saying to herself, if I only touch his outer robe, I will be healed. But Jesus, turning around and saw her, and he said, take courage, daughter. Your personal trust and confident faith in me has made you well. At once the woman was completely healed. When Jesus came to the ruler's house, he saw the flute players. Isn't this amazing? These two lives were just completely touched you know you know what i'm saying it's amazing when jesus came to the ruler's house because he's on the way to do one miracle and on the way a woman receives her miracle when he came to the ruler's house he saw the flute players who were professional hired mourners and the grieving crowd was making an uproar and jesus said go away for the girl is not dead she's only sleeping they laughed and they jeered at jesus but when the crowd had been put outside I once heard Pastor Billy Joe say, sometimes you just, you need to get away and be around people of faith. And that may take a separation to get away from some people who refuse to walk in faith. And, and they just want to, uh, um, they want to walk in doubt and unbelief. So he, he put the crowd outside, those who refuse to believe. And Jesus went in, he took her by the hand, and the girl got up. Everybody say amen. amen. Keep it simple and focus on Jesus. Amen? Keep things simple in this life and just make Jesus the center of our lives. Keep our eyes focused on him. Amen? Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. For by Jesus all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. Amen? So by putting our focus on him, he pulls it all together for us. Amen? Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things. And we're joint heirs, amen. He has appointed him heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness 
of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they have. Everybody say focus on Jesus. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is and who was and is who is to come. I am the Almighty. Amen. When I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I began to um, hear God's voice, he would almost always address me like this because I would go to him with challenges of the day and and, and different things that seemed like a big deal that I couldn't get over and whatever it was, you know. And, and I would write my prayers in my journal and then I would be quiet and hear him. He would almost always say, my son, shh, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. Get your eyes off of these temporary circumstances, temporary situations, and get your eyes on me. Amen. The contentment, the fulfillment, the sense of purpose, the peace, and the rest that the world is desperately seeking is only found in one thing. A continual revelation of the manifestation of God's love in the earth. The revelation of Jesus. And a revelation of who we are and our position in him. Amen. If you are lacking contentment. If you are lacking fulfillment. If you are lacking a sense of purpose. If you need peace. If you need rest. All of these are ours with Jesus at the center of our lives. Amen. Solomon's life gives us this insight into this amazing truth. The amazing truth that without Jesus at the center, life has no meaning. Without Jesus at the center through faith in him, life has no purpose. Without faith in him, there's no rest to be found. You can have everything that the world has to offer. But if we don't have Jesus, life will not have meaning. He is the only source of life. Amen? There's no lasting peace without him at the center. Book of 2 Chronicles chapter 1 verse 7, start, it, it tells the story of Solomon's life and what happened in his life. And uh, this was David's son, the same David that took down Goliath. His son was Solomon, and he was promoted to be king at most biblical scholars believe he was 12 years old and uh, when he was promoted to be king. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7, it said, On that night God appeared to Solomon, and he said to the young man, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, you have shown great mercy to David, my father, and you have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now, I ask that you would give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or for the life of your enemies, 
Nor have you asked for long life, but you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I made you. King, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings who have uh, have had who were before you, nor shall any of them after you have the like. Amazing, right? So as Solomon's young life unfolds and he begins to grow in wisdom and understanding and God begins to supernaturally give him discernment and wisdom on how to lead how to organize, how to administer, and how to inspire people. He brings together these people, and they put some things together like no one had ever seen on the planet before. And we start Second uh, uh, um, Chronicles. Uh, it tells us, it shows us some details about what God did in his life and, and in Israel at that time. Second Chronicles 1, chapter 1, verse 15 said also the king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones. And he made cedars as abundant as the sycamores, which are in the lowland. <clears throat> and then I'm going to go to Second uh, Chronicles. I'm going to turn over there and just read this real quick. Second Chronicles chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. It says, it came to pass at the end of 20 years, so 20 years of organizing and leading and inspiring and building at the end of 20 years uh, when Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house he had also built the cities which Hiram had given to Solomon Solomon built them and he settled the children of Israel there and then he went to Hamath and Zobath and he seized it he also built Tadmor in the wilderness and all of the storage cities which he built in Hamath he built Upper Beth Horon, Lower Beth Horon, fortified cities with walls, gates, and bars. <clears throat> oh, not those kind of bars. Fortified cities. Verse 6. Also, Balath and all the storage cities that Solomon had and all the chariot cities and cities of the Calvary and all that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion. He built cities over a 20-year period. He didn't just build subdivisions or houses or nice buildings. He built cities. God supernaturally put this wisdom and discernment and these abilities in, them, in him. He obviously didn't build it with his own hands, but God gave him this ability to lead with wisdom to motivate people to get these amazing things done. We've seen people build large, successful companies in America. Solomon built cities. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 16 says, Now all the work of Solomon was well ordered from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished. And then there's a story in Second Chronicles 9 about the queen of Sheba, who she starts to hear and, and different kings were hearing about what God was doing in Solomon's life and, and in his when he was reigning and so she wanted to come see it for herself and so second chronicles chapter 9 says now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions she had a very great retinue 
how you say that word? Retinue. Retinue. Who cares? Retinue. Camels that bore spices, gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about everything that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all of her questions. Solomon, how do we solve this COVID issue? How do we bring the people together? And you've got some that think we should wear masks and others just don't seem to care. And they're accusing the ones who don't seem to care of not caring about people. How do we bring this all together, Solomon? What do we do? How do we solve this problem? We love all people, but we don't need a law that forces us not to discriminate against certain people. We need Solomon, how do we have the wisdom to lead people and bring them in unity? Amen. She had hard questions for him that other people weren't able to answer. Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and she saw the house that he built, she saw the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Or in other words, it took her breath away. And she was a queen. She had done some things, right? Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe their words until I came and I saw with my own eyes. Indeed, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on his throne to be king for the Lord your God, because your God has loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore, he made you king over them to do justice and righteousness. So therefore, she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great abundance, precious stones. There never were any spices such as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. So I did some, uh, I, I did some math here. And the queen of Sheba gave Solomon 120 talents of gold. And in today's, uh, today's value of gold, that would be $168,310,784. That's what she gave him. Must have been quite compelling. <laughs> $168 million in gold. That's at today's troy ounce price of $1,688 per troy ounce. So if you do the math, 120 talents, that's what it comes out to. 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verses 13 and 14 talks about other kings coming to Solomon just to hear him talk. Listen, listen what people were bringing him. The weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly was 666 talents of gold besides what the traveling merchants and traders brought and all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon. So 666 talents of gold per year. If you translate that, am I saying that right? Oh, I know. It's interesting. It says 666 talents of gold. I know. Yeah. That's probably a message for a different time, but, but we're getting there. So you do the math on that, and the amount of gold, not taking into account all the other things, it was 50 tons of gold per year. So that's 49,950 pounds of gold. 
There's 14.58 troy ounces in a pound, and troy ounce is what is used to measure gold. And as of today, per troy ounce, it's 1,688 U.S. dollars per troy ounce. So that would be $24,611 per pound. Okay? 49,950 pounds per year at $24,611 per pound. Solomon got $1,229,417,894 in gold per year from kings around that area just to hear him reveal the wisdom that God had put in his heart. I do think it's cool that we have the book of Proverbs, and he wrote it, amen, and those people were paying big money just to hear him talk. Isn't that cool? I broke it down per month. So $1,229,000,000, because Deborah's here, and she runs a business, and she wanted to hear the monthly. So every month, Solomon received $102,451,491 in gold. Every week, his weekly paycheck. Just to hear him talk, every week was $23,642,000. No wonder he was able to build cities. Tremendous resources were coming to him. And that was only the income in gold. He also received silver, rare wood, and treasures, and collectibles. Everything a person could seemingly desire, he had it, right? Kings and influential people traveled from around the the world around the region, they brought him $24 million per week in gold just to hear him speak, just to see and hear the wisdom and the understanding that God had supernaturally given him. Second Chronicles chapter 9, verse 22 says, So King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom which God had put in his heart. Each one of them brought his own present to him, silver and gold and garments and armor and spices and horses and mules at a set rate year by year for over 40 years. First kings, but something happened in Solomon's life as he was prospering. First kings, chapter, 11 verses 1 through 4 sorry there it is first kings chapter 11 verses 1 through 4 so as he's prospering later in his life it says but king solomon Everybody say, but king. But king Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, women of the Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you, Surely they will turn your hearts after other gods. But Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, 
300 concubines. So I suppose, yeah, you get the, you get the point. What concubines would be for, right? I suppose three, 700 wives and princesses, 300, Mary's trying to do the math. There's not enough days in the year, right? 300 concubines and Solomon's wives turned away his heart. Verse 4, so it was when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. Verse 5, for Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and he also went after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. I had never heard about Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians. I had never studied Milcom. But um, I found some details on them. And uh, Ashtoreth... Uh, Egyptian, worshipped by Egyptians. And the representations of her were a naked young girl seated astride a stallion carrying a bow and arrow or javelin and shield. Clay figurines of a mother goddess generally associated with fertility cults is another representation of the goddess referred to as the queen of heaven. And uh, the women of Judah needed cakes, libated, and burn incense in order to assure their fertility and plenty. And then the other god that Solomon went after, false god, was Milcom. says, the abomination of the children of Ammon, seen as the fire god, worshipped by passing their children through fire or burning them in fire. His heart was turned away from the one who had deposited that wisdom in him and given him such influence. The amazing wisdom and creativity and ability that God gave Solomon intended to be used to glorify God and draw attention to the living God, the God of Israel, intended to help people. He got caught up in fleshly pursuits and it turned his heart away from God. Listen to what Solomon writes. This is at the end of his life. <clears throat> After having supposedly everything that will make a person happy. Money, fame, respect, honor, unlimited sexual pleasure, any, the, all the best food, servants, right? If this wife was giving him a hard time, he'd just go find one of the other 700 who's in a good mood. Supposedly, everything that a person could possibly want to make them happy, everything that the world is telling us, you get this stuff and you're going to be okay. Listen to Solomon, what he wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes after all this. He said, I made my works great. I built myself houses. This is uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. 
He said, I made, made my, because Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs and he also wrote Ecclesiastes. He said, I made my works great. I built myself houses. I planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove, the world's first irrigation systems. He said, I acquired male and female servants. I also gather for myself silver and gold and special treasures of kings and of the provinces. So I really, um, I, I like cars. I, my dad owned a body shop when I was growing up. My dad was always uh, uh, tearing cars apart and building cars and all this kind of thing. He was really into cars, and so I really like cars. And so on YouTube, you can find videos about any kind of car, and you can find people's car collections and all this type of thing. And what I have discovered because they've got lots of features on people that have unbelievable car collections. I mean, it's three, four hundred cars, and and their cars valued at fifty thousand up to two, three million that they, that they've purchased them for. Most valuable cars in the world, and I'm just looking at these collections. I'm admiring it. They've got these palatial palace garages, right? that are nicer than most houses, filled with these million-dollar cars, and they want one more. They just want one more because the eye of man is never satisfied because the only thing, the only thing that satisfies the heart of man is a relationship with our living God through faith in Jesus. It's the only thing that satisfies because the flesh just cannot get enough. The flesh wants more. You feed the flesh, it's going to be hungry tomorrow. It wants more. Amen? Thank God in Jesus, we have victory over the flesh. Amen? He said, I acquired male and female singers. <laughs> He's got everything. Sing to me. Right? No, 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 not that song. You're terrible. Get your brother. He's better. Right? Whatever. <laughs> I became great. And I excelled more than all who were before me. Whatever, here's right here. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not withhold. I did not keep from them. I did not withhold from my heart any pleasure. He went for it. And what he found was the more he fed his flesh, the less his flesh was satisfied and the more it wanted. Woo, there's great truth in this. Amen? It's wonderful. At the end of his life, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 17, look at the end what happens. Therefore, I hated life because I realized that the work that was done under the sun, it was all distressing to me. For all of this is vanity and it's grasping for the wind. Because the one guy who had it all realized that all didn't satisfy. Everybody else seems to be under the illusion, I just keep working harder and going for it, I'll finally be satisfied. And they spend their whole life chasing and spinning and running. Well, this guy had it all. Amen? And he said, none of it satisfied. 
He had unlimited wealth, unlimited fame, unlimited admiration, respect, honor, comfort, entertainment, luxury, the best food, unlimited access to sexual pleasure. And he realized the more he had, the more that he wanted. The more he fed his flesh, the more his flesh desired. He found no contentment, no fulfillment in the pursuits of all these things. He found that at the end of the day, he could not satisfy his core need for fellowship with the living God. Amen. Ooh, that's a word from God right there. Thank you, Father. He had an emptiness in him that cannot be satisfied by satisfying the flesh. Thank you, Lord. Why? Because Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. For by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. So we only find contentment and fulfillment when we connect with him. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Consist, the definition of consist is all things are held together. In him, all things consist, marriages, families, the mind, everything is held together when people put Jesus at the center of their lives. Only with Jesus at the center of our lives can we keep it all in order and keep it all together and find purpose, amen? All of us created with different talents and gifts from our heavenly father. One person created with an engineering mind that has the ability to design and build better machines. And with Jesus at the center, that person will find total fulfillment on this earth building better machines. Another person created with the gift to teach. And that person will find total fulfillment teaching if Jesus is at the center of their life. Another person created with the gift to nurture and care for children. And that person will find total fulfillment caring for children if Jesus is at the center. Amen? None of those things can be the pursuit. But if he's the pursuit, then the thing that he's put in us will bring fulfillment. Amen? Another person like Andy Gehabe created with this gift of understanding from God of how to fix anything and everything. It's just in him. God supernaturally put it in him on how to fix anything mechanical. <laughs> we just replaced a dishwasher at an apartment because I don't do dishwashers anymore because one time I told Andy, I was like, Andy, it cannot be that difficult, okay? I watched a YouTube video. It cannot be that difficult, okay? This was about five years ago. Bill also has this gift of, do, of fixing things. <clears throat> you worked for us for a while, and you're like, okay, I think this is a little bit too much. Not really, didn't want to work quite this hard, so I think, no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, what's that? That's right. Yeah. But anyway, so I told Andy, I'm going to go ahead and do this one. So I, I bought the refrigerator at Menards. I was over on um, and the tenants weren't there, and but I had pulled the other one out. I put the other one back in, and and I thought I had that thing. I thought I had. I thought I had it all hooked up perfect, right? Well, apparently I had hooked the. This is a true story. I had hooked the live power instead of the ground. Okay, I got them mixed up. So I hooked the live power to the metal frame. That's a true story, and I hooked the ground to the whatever. So I don't know. Anyway. When I turned that sucker on or connected something, I was grabbing the metal and 
I was actually thinking about that on the way here tonight because we just had a, a dishwasher fixed, and uh, it gave me a shock, like a deep growl shock, like. <laughs> That's a true story. I called Andy. I was like, dude, get over here. I am not doing this. This is not my gift. Huh? Yeah. Well, my toenails are gone thanks to that. No, I'm kidding. Everybody say focus on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 19 says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Amen. Work and career cannot be the center of a person's life. Family cannot be the center. Hobbies and entertainment cannot be the center. The pursuit of leisure cannot be the center. Self-satisfaction cannot be the center of life because none of those things satisfy. They give the illusion that they satisfy, but they do not bring lasting satisfaction. Amen? Only through faith in Jesus will we find lasting satisfaction. Matthew chapter 12, verse 42, Jesus recounts the queen of Sheba, the story. He says, the queen of the south, he's talking about the queen of Sheba. He's talking to the religious leaders of the day in Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. And Jesus says, the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and she'll condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. <laughs> See, these religious Jewish leaders, they knew about the wisdom of Solomon. They had heard all about it. This was their family tree. They knew what he built. They knew about the Queen of Sheba, that she had traveled and brought all that gold. And they heard the stories. They knew it. And Jesus said, you've heard about the Queen of Sheba. And she saw it. And she understands who I am. And she's going to rise up in judgment because you don't even have a revelation of who I am. Amen? <clears throat> the one who gave Solomon the wisdom to do all that he did was standing in their midst, and they didn't even recognizing him. recognize him. Three keys this evening to keep Jesus at the center of our lives. Number one, don't allow sin to go unconfessed because it will turn our hearts from God. Unconfessed sin will turn our hearts from God. And the devil will try to convince us to run from God. But as Kelly shared Sunday morning, the prodigal son, the father was looking off from afar, run to God. And his grace is always sufficient. Amen. If you're watching tonight, his grace is always sufficient for us. There's nothing that we've done that God will not forgive through faith in Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Number two, read God's word. Make time for God's word. Read it. Listen to it. Make it a priority. Create an environment in our homes where God's word is given priority. Put the word above entertainment, above social media, and above TV. Keep Jesus at the center. Amen. Number three. 
as Sue was saying, be quick to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit in order to keep our hearts sensitive, sensitive to our loving Father. Give up what he tells us to give up because if he's telling us to give up something, it may seem like a sacrifice, but it's always for our good. If he would ever tell us to give something up, it's always for our good. Amen? You may have been believing for something for a long time and God finally gives it to you. He may ask you to give that thing up. Like Abraham and his son. But Abraham said, if he asks me to sacrifice him, he's able to raise him up. Amen? <clears throat> avoid what he tells you to avoid. Do the last thing that he told you to do. Obeying the Holy Spirit will keep our hearts yielded to God and Jesus at the center. Amen? Romans 8.38 says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, not things present, not things to come, not height, not depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus, for all that you've done for us. Father, keep our hearts sensitive, open to you, Lord God, in every area of our life, Lord God. As Sue said earlier, Lord, that we'd have hearts that hear you, yielded to you, sensitive to you, able to hear your voice in Jesus' precious name. All across the room tonight, if you're here and you need prayer in any area of your life, a situation at work or a situation in your family or relationship, uh, uh, you need financial breakthrough if you're watching tonight, if you need healing in your body, if you need a if you need prayer in any area of your life, let's pray and agree together tonight in Jesus' name. If that's you, could you slip your hand up in the air all across the room and let's pray. Thank you, Father. Pastor Pam, do you have anything? I do, but I'll wait till you're finished. I am finished. <laughs> I just feel to tell you tonight, um, I don't say much about the building, but God is moving. Amen. And um, I just felt to share this. Sometimes the things that look like, well, why that happened, have a purpose. And um, I went out to the trails one Sunday morning and all the lights were off. Nobody was there. That's not a good thing because I don't have a key to the building. Um, so I text the person out there and they said, um, we'll get somebody there. And uh, they did get there eventually. And and got in but it was late for what we do and I and I'm thinking well now you know I've got this much time now to get things ready out of that um, the young man that takes care of it said here here's a key to the church I said thank you very much here's a key to the building well then um, pastor Dan and I went out to look at the house and and I was going to take uh, Heather out because of the office space and things. That's where the offices will be. All this is by faith. Amen. Nothing's signed, but I know in my heart. And so we go look, and, uh, and this same young man, he said, I'll unlock it for you. 
Well, I'm sitting in my car, and he comes over to my car, and he goes, here's the key to the house. You take it. So now I've got the key to the building, the key to the house. And God said, see, it's already done. Then this Sunday, the young man who's been out there getting us in, and he stays with us all the time, which is a good thing because there's internet, there's lots of things we don't know. <clears throat> well, his last day there, because they're not going to open up ever again, he's already got another job. Uh, he said, I won't be here next Sunday. And at the end, when I got ready to leave, nobody, just me in the building, this young man who's in charge, it's actually the owner's son, he comes up and he goes, well, I was just wondering, do you have people who can unlock this building for you now? Do you have a team of people to do that for you? And I go, yes. I don't, but I said, yes. I'm sure they're there somewhere. We had a team here, so there's got to be a team there. And he said, well, I want you to just send them out here to me. And from now on, you're going to have the ability. I'll, I'll teach them everything. And they'll be able from now on to open the building, close the building, and you can come in anytime, anytime you want. Amen. Well, I got so excited. I'm cheering. I'm excited. I go home. I tell Bill. And then I thought, it's Easter. The first Sunday we're going to do this is Easter. You know, if anything can happen, the devil has it happen on Easter. But you know what the Lord said to me? I told you. You wanted it by Easter done. You have access. Amen. And so... You know, I can't say what day, when, how, or anything, except we have the keys. We have total access. We already have the people that will be opening and closing. And uh, I just say, thank you, Jesus, because by faith, everybody say by faith. I believe Easter is a new beginning for our church. Uh, of and, and even though we don't have it in writing in the natural we have it by faith. So I just say to you today, you know, don't ever think what doesn't look like it's going, why'd that happen? Why'd this happen? Well, it could be the very thing that brings you the victory for what you've been believing for. Anyway, I learn every day. I get so excited. I've learned more from God and, and working with Dan is a joy, but God is moving in our midst. And I want you to know that because it's your prayers it's that we've been faithful. God knows he, what he can do with all of us. And it's not just us as the leadership. It's all of us to, together. So uh, happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> Could you pray? Huh? Could you pray and then we'll go out with a confession. Okay. Thank Father, you. we thank you today that you know all about us. You know about everybody sitting here in this room, those that are watching. Lord, let our faith be in you, not in, not in what we see, because we see so little sometimes, but you see so much, and you are so faithful, so faithful. Thank you for the word that Pastor Dan has given us tonight. Lord, let us, let us see that the most important thing is always believing what you say, and then being obedient to what you say, and keeping you as the one we listen to, as the one we follow, as the one we always believe, regardless of what we see in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Let's all stand up and give the Lord one more hand. Amen. Let's go out with a powerful confession. Jesus is the center. Jesus is the center. Of my life. Of my life. He's my everything. He's my everything. And I put God first. And I put God first. I make time for God's word. I make time for God's word. I give priority to God's word. I give priority to God's word. I hear the Holy Spirit. I hear the Holy Spirit. And I obey the Holy Spirit. And I obey the Holy Spirit. My heart is yielded to God. My heart is yielded to God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the center of my life. Jesus is the center. Now give it a shout. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you all. See you Sunday morning. Yes.